0: Hey, you want to go to war? You want a war? You're going to get one.
1: This is the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF
2: Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen Jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ Ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code Ring. makes the ring free. And your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast. And tonight, tonight's topic is a little special called the Pre-Combine Rookie Preview with Ray GQ. Very excited to have Ray on the show. If you don't know who Ray GQ is, I'm going to introduce him in just a minute, but shame on you. He is the host of the Destination Debbie podcast. We're going to get into that and all of the other things that he's been up to. But at first, I want to bring in my co-host. You know him as the man of the hour and the man with the power he is jerry sinclair jerry what's going on buddy
1: we are on the cusp of the combine is there ever a better time for dynasty hype than this moment that we are living in now my friends all of those guys we've been waiting for devy players have been waiting years for this moment we're gonna see the 40s we're gonna see the three cones don't let dk metcalf run that mother
0: Randy, I am Whoa.
1: excited, man. And we got a legend, a, a star in the game today. He's laughing. He's, he's a humble guy, but I promise you, everywhere. And it, to your point, if you said if you don't follow Ray, if you don't follow Ray, you shouldn't be following me because my man is smarter than me, funnier than me, and handsomer. I nope, can nope. see the video of him right now. My man is much bigger and handsomer than me. Andy, let's get into this show. Man. All right,
2: well, let me do a little bit of housekeeping, and we'll we'll bring him in real quick. Uh, the Patreon, we, we are getting ready for the rookie draft and the combine over on the Patreon as well. Uh, Patreon podcast every Monday. We recently wrapped up a four-part series where Jerry and I put on our GM caps, and we played GM for various NFL teams and drafted a rookie. Some were offense, some were defense, some were boring, some were dynasty destinations that were interesting. But check that out. If you're interested, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Check it out, man. We Man, we've had a ton of new people join. And the group chat, Jerry, she's getting full. That's probably why I'm, I'm nearing triple digits on the daily in the group chat. A couple of quick bits of uh, news. Just continue to be patient with us. The shows are running a little longer than normal. Most of the time, we're around 60 minutes. But if we go a shade longer, it's only doing you some good. Uh, we're now well over. A hundred five star reviews on iTunes. But, Jerry, you know what comes after 100? What comes after 100, my friend? Well, technically it's 101, but I'm on a quest for 200. Two bills, and then eventually, Jerry, we'll, we'll, we'll chase down Sparty. We'll want to go 300. But for right now, we're just looking for you to head over to iTunes, uh, hook up a five-star review, say something nice about Jerry. He needs it. Jerry's my guy. And then last thing, check out our social media. You can follow the show at Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter. And remember, when you follow us on social media or you leave those five stars on iTunes, you are supporting an independent podcast. This is Jerry and Ice Baby. We're not affiliated with another group or league. Now, we have a lot of friends like our friend tonight, but you're supporting an independent podcast when you support Jerry and myself. But let's get into it. Jerry's too excited. Our guest tonight is the senior Debbie writer and Ranker For the DLF, that's Dynasty League Football for those of you that aren't in the know. He is the host of the Destination Devi podcast, which is part of the DLF family of podcasts. He is a law grad, an all-around good dude. He is Ray Garvin. You can find him on Twitter at RayGQ. Ray, thank you so much for joining us, my man.
0: Thank you guys for having me on, man. Really uh, looking forward to the show tonight and conversing and interacting with you guys on social media has been a blast. So to be able to talk some of these prospects and combine and 40s and all that other good stuff, man, I'm excited.
2: Well, we're excited to have you. And for those that can't see, we don't do a video podcast. Again, Jerry and I have faces made for radio, but my my man Ray here looks like he could go out and probably put in a four, five, forty. You know, if he had time to train, he could probably hit a you know a low four-four. We're gonna get into his man uh, Jalen Rager here in just a bit. But Ray, before we do, man, tell us please everything that's going on with the the Destination Devi podcast. You're writing the DLF. Just what's up, man?
0: Yeah, man, it's just it's working, man. It's it's grinding, it's working, but never working so hard to where this feels like a job. I I, I truly enjoy talking about college football. And fantasy football and interacting with people on Twitter and just sort of, you know, uh, I I appreciate all the the nice things you guys said about me to intro this show, but I I mean it sincerely. I don't don't consider myself this analyst. I don't consider myself any of that. I'm just a guy who watches college football. And I'm just sharing my thoughts and opinions with with people on Twitter, and all of my perspectives comes from my experiences with the game, which you know I have a little bit of experience playing college football at the Division two and then the one double A level. But I just uh, I, I mean it, man. I just I just like talking football, and I love fantasy football. So it's just you know doing that with DLF. The DEP is is doing really good, and. I've got some other things that I'm cooking up right now for uh, the consumer that I I hope you guys will enjoy. So I'm just enjoying it, man. I'm blessed. I'm humble. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. And uh, I'm just doing the damn thing.
2: Uh, I love it. I I love the humble. Jerry, you need to take a humble lesson from our friend Ray.
1: Listen, if he had to deal with your ass all day,
2: he would be a lot less humble. I don't know about that. So so listen, the, the Combine is all about the underwear Olympics. You know, guys running 40s, guys running three cones. Now, ironically, Ray is part of a little uh, top-secret social media group. It's not so top-secret. It's, it's myself. Uh, we got Commission McGriff in there. We got Pete Law, Nick Whalen, where we're passionate about fitness as well. Uh, one of these days in, in the summer when this rookie season slows down, I'm going to get these guys on and, and we're going to give you, the listener, uh, maybe some best practices on you know diet, exercise, because what, what I do is different than what Ray does, is different than what Nick does. But that's another passion. And I think that's another way that I would like to help give back to this community. So Ray, would you be down for that?
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. I think that is phenomenal to share some of the stuff that you do because you are a freaking beast, too, my man. Some of the stuff that you do in your regiment, there's, at that, I think it's it's value to that man, and it's a little insight to us personally, uh, people. And there's a lot of people out there who are, are are struggling with their weight gain or weight loss journey or any motivation that you can provide the community, man. I think you should definitely do it and not be a part of it.
2: I love it. So, yeah, if you, at any time, my DMs, I think, are always open on Twitter. You can slide in. You can ask me a question. I'm not an expert, but I can tell you where to find experts and the people that I have in my life. But enough about all that. What you're here for, we're here to talk about this rookie combine. One of the first questions I want to hit you with, Ray. So, every year someone stands to win and someone stands to lose in this combine. And and I the first question is, who is the player who has the most to gain with a good combine? And I said Miles Sanders last year. Now, I think we knew Miles was going to be a good athlete. I don't think we were going to know that he was going to be quite the level of athlete that he was. Ended up getting drafted in the upper middle second round to the, to the Philadelphia Eagles. So who is your guy that who has the most to gain with a good combine?
0: Jerry, you admittedly, even though you put it on after me, you took my guy because I think that's a great selection. So I went with LSU running back Clyde Edwards-Elair. Now, I know draft Twitter. I know that we have all fallen in love with the sort of the smaller or shorter running back from LSU. But I think with him coming in, I'm really curious to see what his weight is. He's not going to be a tall running back. LSU has him listed at 5'8" so you know if he comes in at five seven and a half he's going to have to be very impressive in every other you know underwear olympic events to really elevate himself but i do think that uh, based off of his high school measurables and some of the skills that he put on tape at lsu is going to have a very good combine and if he does Man, I, I think we might be able to see him. You know, it would be nice to see him go middle of the second round in the NFL draft. Uh, so I think he's got a lot to gain uh, by just him, you know, his height and weight, and then his testing measurables, of course. And then one of the, something that people may not know about Edwards Elaire, I think his interviews are going to be really important. A couple of years ago, he was involved in a homicide type deal at LSU where. Uh, he, you know, shot and killed somebody in self-defense. Uh, he was a uh, licensed uh, concealed firearm holder. But still, being involved in something like that, I mean, it was a big story when it happened. The thing was, he wasn't a big-name player at the time, so it didn't get as much hype. So I think that's going to be important for him to sort of answer at the combine. So I think Edward DeLair is a guy that has a lot to gain with a solid combine.
2: I did not know that. That's a, I didn't that's a very that's,
1: see, a very, that's a very, why you bring Ray on. Cause Ray, Ray got the goods. I have yeah, not man. heard that it was, anywhere. It was,
0: it was crazy when it happened, man. And, and again, it wasn't a big story because he, he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't anybody at that point in time, but yeah, he, I mean, he killed somebody. It was self-defense that he was being robbed with a teammate, but uh, he shot and killed somebody. And it was a, it was a big deal when it happened. So I do think that he's going to have to answer those questions, and you know, it's it's a big part of his combine: measurables, weigh-in, on-field stuff, and interviews.
2: Let me ask you a question: What what is the one, uh, I guess, underwear Olympic event that he has the most to overcome? Is there like is there like a broad jump that that you think could be a concern? Is it the forty? Which one will he excel at, and which one do you think he'll struggle with?
0: You know, honestly, I think all of his – coming out of high – and, again, high school testing numbers are inaccurate, to say the least, all right? It's a lot of handheld times, inaccurate laser times. He – I'm at 4'4", 40-yard dash in high school. I think he had like a 38-inch vertical jump. I mean, he's – I'm not concerned with him in any of the events. I really want to see what his height comes in at, all right? Let's just say, for instance, what if he's five, six and a half? What if he's five, six and a half? Does that does that change your opinion of him being a potential three-down workhorse? Uh I'm just hoping. Remember, we were all hoping Kyler Murray came in at five ten, and somehow he did, even though it looks like he's probably like five nine. I'm just hoping Edward Delaire comes in at five foot eight that he was listed at LSU. I think that is his biggest events in quotes to overcome at the combine
2: I like I will say that Devin Singletary last year did him a favor because Devin measured in at five foot seven so we've seen that it took a long time Uh, they had to get the the aged one Frank Gore out of the way but eventually Singletary took over and he's a name that's growing in dynasty circles going into year two so Jerry you uh Quasi sniped him, even though you sold it out after him. Who was, the, who was the player that you think has the most to gain with a big combine?
1: It's funny because I actually would have picked Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but he already had it down. So I went with Moss, and listen, I have talked about Zach Moss of Utah for the last, what, three or four episodes? I feel like I continuously keep talking about him. So I'm going to talk about why I think he's going to make a jump in theory, less about the player that he is, because I think he's going to test well enough to uh, get on more, a more broad radar for people, but there's always that running back running backs are just the sexy treasure that dynasty players want. They want that guy. That's going to just jump up and there's Kareem hunt. And, you know, all these guys, Devin Singletary is another one. These guys that are not the top tier prospects and they jump up and they immediately change your roster. And I feel like if Zach Moss has a good combine, ends up getting drafted into a even a semi-favorable situation. He's going to go from end of your second rounds and he could potentially be one of those guys that just jumps skyrocketing like a Daryl Henderson did last year, right into you know 108, 107. And people are talking about him in that second tier. So that's why I think him and honestly, there's there's a couple of running backs that could do this. I just picked Zach Moss because he's my favorite guy in that range.
2: All right, well, Zach Moss is a name that I think will continue to build steam as we get closer to the draft process. Once you get past the the top four or five running backs, they they become, I don't want to say landing spot dependent, but not exactly the class of 2017, which it could have been had not everybody went back to school, which was just really weird. But I think they're all waiting for that new collective bargaining agreement. My guy, I didn't go running back. You guys, uh, I went first. I took Michael Pittman Jr., now, Michael Pittman Jr. is a big dude. He's 6'3, 220, and a wingspan of 78 and a half. He's a big dude. And he said at the senior bowl that anyone who thinks he's gonna run a 4 is gonna be very disappointed, as in that he thinks he'll be in that four-four range. I'm not so sure about that. I think the fact that he's a willing blocker, he's got an NFL lineage, his father played in the NFL. I just think this guy has a lot to gain because if he tests real well at the combine, I've heard him going in the mid-second round of the NFL draft. Ironically, he went in the mid-second round of our pre-combine superflex mock draft to me because I'm a big stand for Mr. Pittman. I'm a mark, if you will, for Mr. Pittman. But I want to go to our guest. You've known these guys since uh, probably since like junior high. You're like that Shane Hallam level. Uh, what do you think about Pittman, and what do you think, Ray, uh, are his biggest obstacles to overcome in Indy?
0: I am a USC Trojans fanatic. I, I grew up watching USC play, so I am probably one of the biggest USC player critics there there is out there, and I love Michael Pittman Jr. I think he is a fantastic wide receiver, and I know a lot of Analytics guys don't like wide receivers who stayed for their senior season. Context always matters. And USC was pathetic, not last season, but the past two years before that on offense. It was just a mess with Clay Helton, T. Martin at offensive coordinator, I was surprised Amon Ross St. Brown was able to do what he did in that offense. But Michael Pittman Jr. at 6'3, 6'4, legitimate 220 pounds. I think he's really going to surprise people with this 40 yard dash time. It wouldn't shock me if he was low four fives, high four fours at that size. He's got NFL pedigree. His father played running back in the NFL for a number of years. We all remember Michael Pittman and his massive biceps. That is his dad. Um, but he is a physical player. He can stretch the field. Uh, and he's very good. He was a Blitnikoff Award finalist for one of the top wide receivers in college football. Uh, that went to Jamar Chase. He was in the category with CeeDee Lamb. But I think just his time, you know, you, we want to see big wide receivers be able to move. I think he's more agile than a DK Metcalf, although he's not as fast and probably not as strong. But I think he's going to have a solid combine, and his 40 times should shock some people.
2: All right. Now I'm going to move into a, a question that is near and dear to my heart because I love the the athletic freaks. I love the guys that, that are super fast. It's, it's always cool when they can really play like Saquon Barkley was a, a physical super freak. But, but Jerry, who is going to be the biggest super freak
1: at the combine for you? Who are you most excited to see test? So... You know, there's not, we've mentioned DK a couple of times. There's no one like that. There's none of these giant superhuman Calvin Johnson, DK Metcalf type athletes that are in this. So I went with Henry Ruggs just because the dude is a lightning bolt and he's not little either. I mean, he's, you know, they, they list him at six foot, but he's not one of these guys. that's going to be five, eight, five, nine, and running up in the four twos potentially for a low four threes. I mean, anytime you can watch somebody do those sorts of things. I I'm in I'm in for that so I I really curious to just see what his official 40 time is because it's been hyped for a long time and Ray's got Ray does Devi podcasts he's been hearing about Henry Ruggs for a long time you know I I've got Devi leagues I've been hearing about Henry Ruggs for a long time and he's so fast let me see how fast <laughs> so,
2: so, so Ray tell us what you have on Mr. Ruggs, and then I, I see you have Isaiah Simmons now. We don't do much, Devi, and Isaiah Simmons is what I consider the new breed of NFL defender. When you're trying to keep up with the Lamar Jacksons and Patrick Mahomes of the world, but well, you
1: hate if the Lions drafted him either, just throwing that. Uh, well, there. Jerry,
2: you mocked him in our Patreon uh, first round mock draft. You mocked him to your Lions at three. I think that's wishful thinking. We all know they're going tight end, Jerry. No matter how much <laughs> you fight it, they will go tight end. But Ray, what do you think about Henry Ruggs the third? And then tell us about your guy, because I know. And then you can take all the time you want on your guy because he's your we guy. We know
1: he's your guy.
0: Well, I actually just tagged you both in a in a tweet. I just tagged you both in a tweet because it's it's about Henry Ruggs, and I don't know if you've seen it. Maybe you did, but I, as I as I talk about Henry Ruggs, just go look at this tweet while I talk about, about him. So Ruggs is fast. Ruggs is athletic. He's a freak, and Uh, Jerry, I'll let you reference the tweet in a second, but my my guys were Isaiah Simmons and Jalen Rager. And I know we're not really talking about IDP guys, but Isaiah Simmons is a freak. Like he's going to do stuff that's just absolutely ridiculous for this linebacker safety hybrid type player. Uh, But Jalen Rager is, if if I had to uh, make a bet of who's just going to just, just test ridiculous, it's, it's this guy. Uh, He's going to run very fast He's going to jump high. He's going to jump far. He's going to look absolutely electric in short area agility drills, ace every Olympic event at in Indianapolis at the combine in high school, in high school, this football player who just dabbled in track had the nation's furthest long jump, the nation, not the state of Texas, not the region, not the West coast, not the South. He had the furthest long jump in the United States of America at one point in time in high school. And why that matters, it's explosion. It shows just how much burst and power he has in his legs. At five foot eleven, one ninety-five. I know my good friend Curtis Patrick compares him to an angry Odell Beckham Jr. He is he is he's got some dog in him. I'll say that. And if I had to put money right now, if there's a prop bed and I need to go look about who's going to run the fastest 40 time, I think is going to run faster than Henry Ruggs. I think he's got a little more acceleration, like right out the gates than Ruggs. Once Ruggs gets going, I mean, it's it's lights out. You're not catching him. But in 40 yards, uh, I put my money on Jalen Rager in that category. So I'm very excited to see him. And hopefully you guys have had some time to look at that tweet that just shows how uh, fast and how fast Henry Ruggs is compared to uh, the cheetah who is considered like the fastest in the NFL.
2: Jerry, I'm going to let you take this one to talk to us about what you saw uh, on that video. Cause I know what I
1: saw.
0: The clip, how
1: I it's the, it's weird because that man is the same species as me. Uh, and that blows <laughs> my mind because that safety has perfect position on him. And my man goes fifth gear and just embarrasses that poor kid and he's got to just <laughs> I just watched it again. Yeah, he's he's a freak. Um and as far as Rager's concerned, so, you know, you said all those nice things. He's going to run faster than rugs. So everybody loves Jerry Judy. And I'm a Jerry, so I'm biased towards Jerry Judy, but I saw a little something today that you might have a different wide receiver one. Talk to me talk to me a little bit more about Rager.
0: Yeah, um, I think Jerry Judy is a fantastic wide receiver. And what I tell people, honestly, like it's it's one, two, three, four, five, six. It's it's all fun. It's conversation pieces to talk about. But I really base my stuff on tiers and Jalen Rager, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy. They're all tier one wide receivers for me. If I were going to rank them inside the tiers, CeeDee Lamb would be my number one. But honestly, I want to see where these guys land. I want to see the draft capital. I want to see, does, let's just say hypothetically, does CeeDee Lamb end up on the Green Bay Packers and Jerry Judy ends up on the Buffalo Bills? Mm -hmm. Does Jalen Rager end up on the New Orleans Saints or does he end up with the Denver Broncos? Like, they're tier one guys. So for me, as much as I love Rager, if he lands in a crap situation um, and uh, a CeeDee Lamb who I have in the same tier lands in a great situation, then I'm not going to hesitate. I, I don't have that much comfort that, you know, that, that bias where I'm just going to stick to him, hell or high water. Now I will say I did learn a valuable lesson last year with AJ Brown. <laughs> I, I, I went for that same sometimes, lesson. Sometimes <laughs> uh, take the talent over the landing spot. I just, I I, I just want to say that with a grain of salt, sometimes uh, you just go with the talent, but CD lamb is my wide receiver. One, however, Judy, Higgins, Rager, and Lam are all Tier 1 wide receivers for me.
2: Well, I'm going to jump more into Rager a little bit later on in the show. My my biggest freak is Cam Akers. So using his high school recruiting metrics, he's 5'11", 213. He ran a 4'4", 140 in high school. His shuttle was 4.09, and his vertical jump was 40.6 inches. That gives him a spark total of 141. Now to put that in comparison, I was looking as I was researching for this. The only running back I could see with a higher spark score than him was, say, Juan Barkley. The next closest, which is like a dead tie, is between him and Nick Chubb. And this guy is about, man, 12 to 15% higher on the spark score than guys like Miles Sanders, than guys like Joe Mixon. Uh, all you have to do is go to Twitter, search Cam Akers Squat, and hit latest. And you will see the squat of this kid squatting six hundred pounds. I don't want to say it was effortless because the the spotter just did a terrible job of blocking the cameraman. He's totally fired from Instagram. You cannot block the the guy doing the rep, but this kid is a super freak. Um, I think he's going to test amazing. What do you think that that Acres is going to do at the combine, Ray?
0: Kill it. <laughs> I mean, he's gonna he's gonna crush it. He's He's an athletic freak. There's there's a reason why he was the number three ranked player in high school uh, a couple of years ago. I think he's going to be absolutely dynamic. I think he's going to do everything at a high level, and I think he's going to help improve his stock because he did play with a very bad Florida State offensive line team. Uh, he has been the fact that he had 1100 rushing yards this year, over 1100 rushing yards, is probably the most impressive running back feat. <laughs> this this that I saw this past college football season because he probably should have had 11 yards there was somebody that put it a stat out there and I'm I'm not exaggerating they said that Florida State's offensive line created 3 positive yards in 2019 3 not 30 not 300 <laughs> 3000 3 and I was just like what and it, it was just it was bad so I'm I'm with you Memphis I think uh Cam Akers is going to freaking kill it at the combine i'm excited for him and he's a top three running back for me in this class
2: you know guys so again i'm going to jump into my player with the most to lose here in just a second but that's another one of those writer downers we we heard the good things that garrett price said about cam Akers and shane hallam now i think everybody likes him but ray is now the third Devy analyst that has known this guy for a long long time that has cam Akers in the top three Definitely a name to know, and and I agree, and, and if he lands in the right situation, and by right situation, I mean we all know him, uh, Atlanta's one, uh, now that there's rumors that they could be cutting Devonta Freeman, uh, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, if he lands in one of those, I'm all in, but we want to get into some guys that have a lot to lose. If you remember last year, pre-combine, there there was word around the campfire, if you will, that DK Metcalf was going to be a first-round wide receiver. He was going to come and do things at the Combine that we had not seen since Calvin Johnson. And for the most part, he did. Uh, He crushed it in in a lot of areas, but he will probably never live down the fact that Tom Brady, who is as mobile as a dump truck, had a faster three-cone than him. And I don't know that it was just the three-cone. But that really hurt him. And the guy that I see with a lot to lose at the Combine, I think he's got some medical questions to answer. Um, but, man, when, when you see this guy on film, um, I've heard him compared to Julio Jones, but bigger. I'm talking about the guy that Jerry and Nick turned me on to about a year and a half ago, and that's Leviscus Chennault. This kid is going to show up looking like a specimen, but I, I think that he has to have, I don't want to say a flawless Combine, but I think he's got to have a great day of medicals, and I, I think that he's going to need to do at least average in some of those agility metrics. So I'm going to go back to our guest, Ray. I like who you have at the wide receiver. What do you think about Lavisca?s What do you see as being the the event that could really hinder him? And then tell us about your guy, because your guy's very polarizing. A lot of the community loves him. He's just not getting a lot of national love.
0: Yeah, I think Chenault is, you know, when you just look at his his profile, right, 6'2", 220 pounds, the the receptions, how he plays, the rushing capability, it's, it's hard not to get excited about his potential ceiling, what he could be. Here's the problem with Chenault. <laughs> Here's the problem. Every single game that I watch Colorado, it seemed like every time he got hit, he was getting up slow. He needs help from a, his teammate. He's limping off of the field. He's missing a series. He's out for the next game. He misses two weeks. He comes back, has 250 yards, then he's out for He's just – he's always – he's always getting nicked up. He had a torn labrum. He had a, a, a banged-up foot that held him out uh, throughout the end of his sophomore season all the way through spring practice. I just – I would prefer her not to invest in a player that I already know has an injury history uh, like that, especially the type of wide receiver he is. He doesn't win with finesse. He doesn't win with, you know, just supreme technique. I mean, he's a physical physical dude. He's not running out of bounds. He's trying to run people over. Th- that's how they used him at Colorado. They put him at quarterback, direct snaps, run the ball. I just and I don't know how fast he is. You know, 40-yard dash is kind of overrated for certain positions. But wide receiver, you would like to see, um, you know, them have some speed. Now, can he be an Anquan Bolden type? Absolutely. I would prefer not to invest in a player that already has an extensive injury history like Chenault. Uh, so I think he's, you know, I want to see his speed, would like to see his lateral agility, and then I want to hear that his his medicals come back clean as well.
2: All right, and then you have a, a big ten receiver that good friend of all of ours, Kane Fassell, uh is a big fan <laughs> of you uh you want to talk about Tyler Johnson?
0: yeah the 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 market share dominator rating king that is Tyler Johnson, uh, ultra productive wide receiver out of Minnesota. A lot of us thought that he was going to enter the NFL draft last year, and that didn't happen. He came back for his senior season. And at times he looked like he was the second best wide receiver on that team. Rashad Bateman is an absolute stud and he will be eligible for the draft next year. So we'll be talking about him shortly, but you know, Tyler Johnson, it it started off with him not being invited to the senior bowl and then he pulls out of the shrine bowl and then he's just preparing for the combine. And then you're hearing all these reports and a lot of them that Kane and a good friend of mine, Zach Thomas, have have sources, legitimate people that say those things about his character aren't true. But I don't think he's going to test like an above average athlete. I'm concerned about the draft capital. If if he doesn't test well and he doesn't get the draft capital, I, I think that he could be a. um you know, I think we can see his stock just just tank, and and I like the player because I think he's a great player. He's just somebody that we won't have to invest top twenty four, maybe even top thirty, rookie draft capital in here in the coming months.
2: Yeah, we did a, a two round mock again the the pre combine with Nick Whalen and Pete Law, a fellow DLFer, and he did not make our top twenty four. Now, mind you, it was a super flex mock with Titan Premium. So and, and he was talked about in that next group of guys. But Jerry, uh, I, I, this guy right here, I've seen projected as high as the top 16 picks overall. Comes out of wide receiver university. Who you got?
1: I got T. Higgins, and it's not because I don't love the man. It, like Ray said, tier one wide receiver. I, I have no qualms with that statement in the least. My issue is I don't think he's going to run a very good 40. And not in, in respect to... I don't know, sort of what what his tape shows. Because uh, at Clemson, he's been great. He's been a great wide receiver his entire career. But I think if he runs in the slow 4.5s, four 4.6s, four I think it's going to hit the dynasty narrative. I always use the word narrative around every dynasty player because it's just the community always has a narrative around some player. And once that, I don't know, he's slow sort of thing hits... I feel like and now it'll give you more value to to acquire him, sort of like DK Metcalf last year when he had the bad three cone. I, I I like Higgins. I do like Higgins, but I feel like if he doesn't run a great forty and maybe he he doesn't do you know he doesn't excel in other places, I feel like we could see a little bit of a hit at least as far as the perspective goes. That being said. I hope to God I am so wrong and my man ends up in the first round and I can draft him because I have loved to watch that man for a while and I have him on a Debbie roster and I'm selfish.
2: You you are a little selfish, Jerry. Uh Ray, before we go into the players that film grind was, we, we love talking film grinding and we love talking analytics. Well, what is your take on T. Higgins? Now I'm a big fan. I took him at the 110. 110- in that continuously mentioned rookie Superflex mock draft. Uh, I'm a big fan. I I have him going to the Eagles. Uh, What about you, Ray? Where are you at with Higgins?
0: I'm a big fan of T. Higgins. I I do think, I do think, I don't think he needs to have a spectacular combine. I just think he's a player that doesn't need to fail it, if if that makes sense, right? He just needs to go out there, even if it's not spectacular, just don't bomb it. Don't, don't run a 4-7. Don't do anything like that, which which I don't think he will. I think he's a little bit faster than people uh, think. But here's my thing with wide receivers. There are so many different ways to win at the wide receiver position. Some wide receivers are technicians like the Amari Coopers and Stefan Diggs of the world. Alshon Jeffrey, I mean, can he run routes? Yeah, but he wins in different ways. Being down here in Dallas, I think Des Bryant probably ran all of three routes his entire NFL career <laughs> and uh, was very effective in fantasy football before the injuries took a hold of him. So I think Higgins, outside of CeeDee Lamb, I think he's the best ball tracker in this class. Uh, when the ball is in there, that dude knows where to go get it. And then he's six foot four, 215 pounds. So, um, as excited as people were about J.J. Arfega, whiteside last year and some of those other big body wide receivers, I think T. Higgins is head and shoulders better than those guys. So I'm with Jerry. I do. I am interested to see his 40 time, and I am interested to see how he performs in the lateral agility drills. But I, I, I've seen enough from Higgins to to feel comfortable with him Uh, given uh, a certain role at the next level i I like higgins a lot
2: well there's another writer downer there there is another consensus guy if you remember in the mock when i took him nick whalen threw a fit because i sniped him because nick also wanted t higgins so we're all on board this guy's stock i mean i potentially i think cd lamb for just about everybody is the 101 amongst the wide receiver crew it's coming except for ray you know we got got ray's love of jalen rager but I, I think T. Higgins could slide ahead of a lot of these guys if he were to land with the right situation. Do, do you see an offense that fits him perfectly just from your studies?
0: Yeah, I think the Buffalo Bills really fit what T. Higgins does well. They've got a big armed quarterback who's not the most accurate but he's got a bunch of little diminutive wide receivers and uh, John, J- John Brown and Cole Beasley. You get him a big-bodied wide receiver to where he Allen just needs to put the ball in the vicinity of him. I think that helps out that, helps out that entire offense. It helps things for Devin Singletary. Helps things for Dawson Knox, who's a budding, looks like a, a potential you know good tight end weapon for the Bills. It helps Beasley in the slot. Beasley doesn't need to be playing outside. He, he needs to be in the slot. Let John Brown stretch the field. You got Beasley commanding the slots, and then you got the big possession wide receiver in T. Higgins. So I'd love to see him land in Buffalo. I think that'd be an ideal landing spot for Higgins.
2: See, me and me and Ray are simpatico on this one. So when we did the the Patreon mock draft, I wanted to take T. Higgins to to the Philadelphia Eagles, but they've already got the big bodied outside guys. They've got. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. They're going to be stuck with Alshon Jeffrey, whether they like it or not, because it costs them more money to cut him than to keep him. So what the hell? You might as well keep him around. And and that that was my landing spot for Jalen Rager. So I love T. Higgins to Buffalo. Again, someone to get some of those defenders out of the box for, for Josh Allen, for Devin Singletary, because Josh Allen led the quarterback position last year in rushing touchdowns. So more defenders out of the box just helps everybody in Buffalo. So Jerry, you're a bit of a film grinder, but you're a bit of an analytics guy. And I think we all are. I don't think there's one true path. I think you have to grind the film and then you have to study the analytics and, and look for the best of both worlds. But I love this question because uh, it's very it's very divisive within the Dynasty and Devi community. But Jerry, who is the player that you think film grinders are going to absolutely love coming out of this combine and loved coming into this combine?
1: I think it's Vaughn from Vanderbilt. We've You know, we've had a lot of, we've sort of, outside of uh, Jordan McNamara, it's been a bunch of film grinders that we've been talking to lately, and every one of them has brought up Vaughn. And in the same aspect that I brought up Zach Moss earlier, in that one of these running backs that is not getting, you know, their shoulders rubbed by the Dynasty community, getting ready to be taken in the early first, this is another one of those dudes that could easily jump right up in there and just... Boom, plug and play, just like a Devin Singletary, anything like that. And I just, I like to do because the dude's got fight. I like guys that are violent. I like guys that are dogs. And I like guys that fight for every inch. If I could do the Al Pacino speech, I would do it right now. But, you know, this dude scratches for every single inch. And I love football players like that. And, and Vaughn from Vanderbilt is one of these guys. And i keep hearing about him from all sorts of guys that i respect and like i always say i'm lazy and i would much rather everyone else do the work for me and i just reap the rewards if my opinion tends to link up with them all the better yeah Keyshawn vaughn has i have yet
2: to have someone on who at least didn't like him not everybody loved him nick loved him garrett liked him shane hallam really liked him i like him uh, Jerry is just on board. You know he likes him too. What I like about Keyshawn Vaughn is he's not what I call a trust fund college player. And what do I mean by trust fund college player? He's not coming out of Alabama. He's not coming out of LSU. He's not coming out of Clemson. He's no, coming... he's got to play those
1: teams, <laughs> he, he, and he's got to do it from Vanderbilt. Correct. I mean, that's like you're you're like uh, you're playing point guard at NC State, and you got to go against Duke, and you got to go against North Carolina, and everybody. That's what this guy's got to do.
2: Yeah, the, the, those trust fund teams, you know, they got one of everything. Yeah, you know, uh, all-conference linemen. Yeah, we got some of those. Uh, All-world all quarterback, yep, check that box too. Uh, wide <laughs> receivers on the outside. Keyshawn Vaughn just shows up. He's like, cool, it's me. So I'm going to talk about a guy in a very similar situation. But, Ray, we're going to go back to talking about a guy uh, we mentioned earlier. Who do you got, and where are you at on Keyshawn Vaughn? Is it a clean sweep on people that like Keyshawn Vaughn?
0: Absolutely. I like Vaughn and that's where I am. I like him. Don't love him, don't hate him. I Like him. I Think he's a good running back. I think he's somebody that can come in right away and contribute for an NFL team. Does that mean he's the starter? He's the day one bell cow? Don't know about that, you know. Draft capital for running backs really matters. Uh, but I think he's a I think he's a good he's a good running back who's going to be useful in fantasy at some capacity for at least his first contract. I like him.
2: All right. And then, then the guy that, that you talk about, we've talked about speed a lot. These next two guys we're going to talk about define that. So uh, tell us about your guy, who uh, who the grinders love.
0: So here's the thing with Alabama players. Here is the thing every single saturday during the college football season i don't care if you live in hawaii if you live in mississippi texas maine new york city whether you want to or not you are getting the alabama crimson tide on cbs or espn 3:30, yeah you are you're getting yes at 3:30 2:30 down here bama is on tv okay and they are a dominant, dominant program. So I do believe, I mean this sincerely, I think a lot of people have Bama biases because that's who we see. We've seen them. They're a dominant team. They're scoring 40, 50 points a game. And for that reason, I think a player like Henry Ruggs is being – Slightly overvalued for what he's going to contribute in fantasy football. I think Henry Ruggs is going to be to to have that type of speed. We just talked about the tweet that I sent you sent you. He's got the fastest damn time miles per hour faster than Tyreek Hill, which is the fastest time in the NFL over the past four years. Uh, Speed like that is a very, very valuable asset at the next level. I'm not seeing consistency with Henry Ruggs. I've never seen consistency with Henry Ruggs. Uh, Will he develop into be a wide receiver one for fantasy football? I'm saying right now on the pot, I highly doubt that. If that's what you're thinking, if you're thinking you're about to get a future top 12 wide receiver, I don't see that happening. If you think you're going to get a consistent wide receiver two, I don't see that happening. I think he's going to be a fantastic best ball wide receiver. I think he's going to be a fantastic real NFL wide receiver. And I think he's going to be a type of player who can absolutely go out there one week and get you four receptions, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. And then he'll go two or three weeks where he does absolutely nothing. I, I think the film grinders love him. That speed we've we've been searching. And, and it's, it's – I've learned this myself. We've been searching for the next Tyreek Hill every single year. I mean, last year it was potentially Andy Isabella or McCall Hardman. The year before that, we looked for the next fastest guy. Where in reality, that's Tyreek Hill is a complete and utter outlier of all outliers, and we need to stop that. You know, Deshaun Jackson, even even that type of player, he's an outlier. He was a producer right away as a rookie at 160 freaking pounds. I think Henry Ruggs is a fantastic athlete. I think he's going to be a fantastic NFL player. I don't think he's going to be a consistent fantasy asset. He's never shown that in his career. And for us to think that it's just going to click at the NFL level and he is going to become that, I think we need to temper expectations a little bit. I, I, I really, really do. But the film grinders playing at Alabama, seeing him for the past three years, watching that you know 24-miles-per-hour speed – Watching him, Wait until he runs a 4-2. I mean, I, I'll gladly I let will you. will be I'll,
1: through the roof.
0: And I'll gladly let my league mates take Henry Ruggs.
2: The, the ghost of Al Davis will come back and draft him with that 12th <laughs> overall pick, which is fine because that lets a, a better player slide to my Colts at 13. So I, I'm going to talk about a guy that I honestly thought I was going to be using as the player that the analytics heads love. But I was wrong, so I started doing my research, and I, I thought I was gonna go one way, and I went completely the other. And, and and I'm I'm on board now. You guys are gonna think that Ray come busting through my wall like the Kool-Aid man, handed me a big old <laughs> glass of Jalen Rager Kool-Aid, but he didn't. He had no influence on this. I did this on my own. Now I expected people to talk about his speed. But when I started searching for him, and 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 I just threw his name in Twitter, I wanted to see, you know, I, I look for the check mark and people that I know, and all I kept seeing was a guy who ran a lot of better routes than people think. He's a lot faster than just about everybody. Not named Henry Ruggs. I think it's going to be a track meet. Maybe they can run uh, in that NFL's fastest man in 2021 about this time next year. But I just seen a football player, and the guy's got a chip on his shoulder played with i mean abysmal quarterback play. I'm going to get more out of that in Ray in just a second. And again, he's not what I consider a trust fund college prospect. This guy's fought for everything. You know, he didn't play with that many elite teammates, at least not that I could find. And the more that I went looking for metrics to support him being an ed- an analytics favorite, the more I found I really enjoy watching this guy play football. Has he leapfrog CD Lamb for me? No, he has not. But I will tell you this, based on where he lands in this draft, it would not be hard for him to move past Jerry Judy for me. So, Ray, I know that you said a lot of good things about Jalen Rager. I just want you to kind of explain to the people how poor his quarterback situation was in college.
0: Um, He played with six different quarterbacks in three years.
1: Jesus.
0: Uh, this past season, they had a true freshman quarterback, Max Duggan, which I think he'll get better in time. But I went to three TCU games this past season. I left both of them uh, midway through the third quarter because it was just – I'd rather watch paint dry, and I'm not being funny. It was absolutely just gross. And Sonny Cumby, the offensive coordinator – I don't advocate for people losing their job, all right? But Sonny Cumby made a lot of money at TCU and did not use Jalen Rager at all. He should have been fired. They should have fired him midway through the season – There were three games in 2019 where a TCU wide receiver did not catch a pass until the six-minute mark in the second quarter, and I believe there were two or three times where Jalen Rager wasn't even targeted until the third quarter. I mean, it was just a gross misuse of an offensive weapon that Gary Patterson and that entire team coaching staff should be ashamed ashamed of. I mean, it's just – six quarterbacks in 3 years, true freshman this past season, they had an absolutely abysmal offense and even even though his raw data stats, his counting stats were low, he still met those 20 and 30 and 35% analytical thresholds that the guys like Jesse Reeves and Peter Howard love. I mean, he was still you know, commanding the the lion's share of the targets, the receptions, and the touchdowns. So it, it just shows you, and, and here's my thing with wide receivers. This is what separates a Jalen Rager, a CD Lamb, from a Jerry Judy and a Henry Ruggs for me. Despite the, the inefficiencies on the offensive side, he returned punts. And I, I tell people the punt return is the single most difficult play in football. I'm not saying that's the most difficult position, but the punt return, to field that, to to make it, you have to make somebody miss in order to create yards, and Jalen Rager was absolutely dynamic in their punt return game, which even if he struggles with whatever it is right off the bat, you can stick him in at punt return immediately. That's how Tyreek Hill made his hay. When he came into the league, he was like this gadget return guy that ended up developing into the cheetah that we that we see and he's scoring all these fantasy points now cd lamb returned punts and he was dynamic at it uh jalen reger returned punts and was dynamic at it so i i just think from an overall just playmaker this dude has it he's got a chip on his shoulder he understands that he has been knocked and he is ready to explode here in the next for the for the combine here coming up shortly
2: chuck me up on team jalen rager like i said it's gonna be hard for him to leapfrog cd for me i just just love everything about that guy but he he is my 2a or 2b right there with jerry judy until i see draft spot so we're gonna wrap this thing up Uh, wouldn't be fair to talk about film grinding if we weren't talking about analytics as well i'm gonna go right to jerry jerry who is the player that the analytics guys, when they when they see that player profiler card, when they see all the metrics pulled together and that spark number, who is uh who is gonna tighten up some sweatpants out there?
1: I don't know if it's gonna be all the spark, because we already talked about him as just he's a dude, but he's got some analytics stats on his side. Uh, it's Tyler Johnson of Minnesota. For whatever reason, I don't he's he's not my favorite guy either. He's good. I think he's a he was a great big 10 wide receiver. He had a, you know, in 2018 he had the the 52% dominator rating. He had a nine, he was 19 for his breakout age. Analytics guys love that kind of stuff. So I think it gives him it gave him a little bit more more clout than sort of uh his whole prospect profile deserves. He's a good he's a good player. I think he'll be in the league for a little bit. I don't think he'll be very impactful I think not making the Senior Bowl is pretty damn telling. I don't, I don't know the situation around the Shrine Bowl, but if something happened and maybe you were worried it was going to make you look bad, that's not good because that's the Shrine Bowl, my friend. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say that analytics guys, I'm not going to say they love him. I'm going to say they like him more than I think they should, uh, and it's because of things like you know his breakout age that was super young. But uh, listen, I mean, up until this year, Minnesota's. Been as bad as Michigan State's going to be going forward. Great. Lucky me. So, you know, row the boat. Good luck for the kid. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not in on Tyler Johnson. But I think those that are, I, I think the analytics in the breakout age specifically, which, you know, there, there are some telling stats from guys that I respect into analytics that really are into breakout age. And he has that going for him. So that's what I can say about TJ. Sorry Kane, I didn't mean to break your heart, buddy. Well, when Kane comes after you, it's not going to be my fault.
2: You can you can fend for yourself. I'm going to go ahead and throw my guy out there. Then we're going to let our guest comment on our two choices and then give us his. Uh, my guy is Denzel Mims. Now, this is a guy who was third in this class of uh, college dominator rating he finished with a, a score of 42.3 third best in the class only behind brian edwards and tyler johnson johnson being one edwards being two uh, had a good breakout age he is one of a handful of players at the wide receiver position to touch 4-4 in the 40 he's six foot three he's 206 pounds he's got uh, 33 inch arms he, he had 32 contested catches at in college I just see this guy absolutely blowing up Uh, I don't want to put the curse of the Baylor wide receiver on him but I I just think that when I was looking for for film guys and metrics guys I I came across him Uh, we've heard the name a lot so I'm going to give it to our guest Uh, you've already mentioned Tyler Johnson briefly what do you got on Johnson anything to add to Jerry's take and then uh, Denzel Mims and your guy sir
0: yeah I um I'm with you both on this. I think the analytics guys will will love both of them. I'm a little bit higher on Mims than I am Tyler Johnson. I try not to let that Baylor helmet sticker scare me away from Mims because (laughs) I've got nightmares of Kendall Wright and Corey Coleman and and all those – Terrence Williams. KD Cannon. Yeah, the KD Cannon. The names go on and on and on. But I think Mims is is a good player and, again – we talked about draft capital. If he's drafted, you know, second round, third round, that's going to change my opinion on him a little bit more. And maybe I'll invest, you know, second or third round uh, draft capital on MEMS. Tyler Johnson, the analytics guys absolutely love him. <laughs> They've loved him since he was born because his dominated rating is so high. His market share percentage numbers are so high. Uh, the guy, uh, Jerry, you talked about breakout age, my player that the Atlantic uh, analytics guys are going to love had like one of the youngest breakout ages ever recorded. And it's Brian Johnson, Uh, Brian Edwards, uh, the wide receiver out of South Carolina. I think he's a really good player. I think Brian Edwards is a really good player. And he's somebody that reminds me of just that in, in two years you're talking about a consistent wide receiver too, for your fantasy team. Uh, I think he's a much better athlete than people give him credit for. He is another one of those guys who was a punt return specialist for South Carolina. I saw him do it a lot this past season. Uh, He was uh, good on those like jet jet screen, jet sweep runs that Debo Samuel uh, has made famous in the NFL for the San Francisco 49ers. And his catch radius is absolutely ridiculous. This dude makes some of the nastiest, dirtiest catches that you're ever going to see. And again, that 17 year, nine month old breakout age. Just think about that for a second. What he was doing in the SEC at wide receiver at 17 years old. That's <laughs> that's ridiculous, you know, and uh, analytics guys love him. Uh, I'm a fan of him. I don't love him, but I am a fan of his game. And I think he uh, has the potential to be a solid, solid contributor at the next level.
1: Listen, I don't want to be a yes man because I don't think it creates great podcasts, but I got to go with you on this one because a you don't want to know what I was doing at 17. I was probably playing video games or something, but I sure as hell was not doing it against sec defenses, but he's one of these dudes that Debbie players loved him. He's, you know, he's, he's been, he was a first round Debbie pick depending on which year you looked at him. Um, and you know, he sort of slipped down and we thought he was going to come out last year. He didn't come out last year. You know, he sort of slipped under the waves a little bit and he's sort of hiding. I think he's going to be one of these later guys that, re- like you said, ends ends up being a productive NFL wide receiver and becomes a fantasy asset. But he's not going to be drafted like like one. And I think that's sort of the perfect sort of like a Terry McLaurin like we had last year. We ran on him. One of those guys. No,
2: J- Jerry, you said it real well. So as we're wrapping this one up, we all know the big school guys. We know the SEC. We know the Power Five guys. Ray, is there any like small school guys? Uh, some names for the listeners to keep an eye on. We call those writer downers. Uh, maybe they haven't heard a bunch about these guys, but maybe just uh, a couple of names.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> the first guy that I'm going to mention, he's 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 in an SEC school, but uh, Kentucky's Lynn Bowden Jr. Big fan of his. His game, I think he's one of those, uh, another one of those dynamic weapons. Who it's going to take him a couple of years to develop, but I think you can get him late in your rookie drafts, and I think you might have some something. But the guy that I'm just, I am just, I've got my eyes on, I will be watching for closely at the NFL Combine, is Appalachian State's running back Darrington Evans. Darrington Evans is a really, really talented running back. He's got prototypical three down size. He's got the he's got the speed. He's got the receiving production profile. He returned a whole bunch of kicks for a whole bunch of yards. Averaged twenty five point seven yards a kick return. He's a dynamic, dynamic running back, and I think he's going to test very, very well at the NFL Combine. And I currently have him uh, as a top twelve running back prospect in this class. But nobody watches Appalachian State, so uh, just to name to keep on the radar, Darrington Evans, running back Appalachian State.
1: All right, Jerry, do you have a, another name for everybody? I I could not dig that deep enough, but I actually, so I had not heard of him until recently, and someone, and I'm sorry not to give them credit, I just saw a video clip of it, and they were giving him love, and this is the second time, so I wrote it down as you were talking about him. I, I've got no gems right now. I'm still working on the gems, and listen, I once the combine gets going, that's where you find your Darius Slatons, those guys that run a four-three or whatever it is that nobody's talking about. Uh, so that's that's when I'm going to start looking into gems, really.
2: All right, Ray, I am going to hit you with one little spontaneous off the show sheet, but I, I think you're ready because I like to Sneaky, get see I, see.
1: this why you can't mess with him, right?
2: I I I, uh, I I like to get consensus. What do you know about James Robinson from Illinois State? He is he's got a big fan. His name is Shane Hallam. What do you know about Mister Robinson?
0: I can't lie to you. I don't know much about him. So enlighten me.
2: Um, I, I just I was curious because again I like to get consensus. He is a senior running back. He did not get invited to the Senior Bowl. He plays for Illinois State and two years in a row. Shane Hallam of FakePigskin.com has jumped on with me and me and Jerry, and he's just someone to throw the name in there. Uh, he's a bit of a legend in Illinois State. Um, He was at FCS Walter Payton and FCS All-American in 2018. Decent uh, reception guy. He can catch the ball a little bit. Uh, Just a name to keep out there. I I just thought I would throw him out there. But you know what? This is what we do on on the Dynasty Warzone. We share information. Not anyone or everyone knows every single player.
1: I did not know him. I just looked him up as you were talking about him. This man is thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. My goodness. He's got some biceps. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Thicker? than I I can't end the show any
2: other way. Ray, uh, remind these people, and I got a quick question. You guys know I don't watch pro wrestling anymore. I did many years ago. It was a much much younger man. DDP, is that in any way homage to Diamond Dallas Page? But tell us about the Destination Debbie podcast and everything you got going on so that these people can support you. Uh, We have a lot of awesome Patreons that enjoy bonus content. Just anything you got going on so that we can uh, bring some of the Warzone to you.
0: Well, it is not an ode to Diamond Dallas Page, but Diamond Dallas Page had the most ridiculous finisher, the diamond cutter, the application of that move. if if, if it, This has nothing to do with fantasy football. If you just want to go look at some fun uh, WWF, WW, WCW finishers, the diamond cutter, the application of how that finisher was applied Absolutely ridiculous! Some of the funnest stuff you will see on the internet. So big time bang and shout out to DDP because he is the man. But no, the Destination Debbie podcast has nothing to do. I promise you, I will not be applying diamond cutters to you listeners. But I've got that going on right now. I'll, I'll just say this: I'll say this. Go to go subscribe to the Destination Debbie YouTube channel because I've got some absolutely fire fire-free content dropping in the next couple of weeks. I've got some some stuff that I can't talk about, but when it drops, it's going to help you in Debbie Leagues. It's going to help you for your upcoming rookie drafts. It's going to help you in your Dynasty Leagues, and it may even help you in Redraft, and it's absolutely free. All you got to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, you'll see some good stuff hitting uh, the the video airways here shortly. Destination Debbie podcast, everywhere Podcast can be found. And then I'm writing and ranking over there. DLF, man, just hit me up on Twitter. I just like engaging with folks. Uh, try to keep it clean and classy. Try not to get into a lot of crap with folks. I just, you know, it's just really not my style. I enjoy talking to good folks like you guys. And I appreciate you uh, allowing me to spend some time on your platform this, this evening. I really enjoyed it. And uh, excited for this combine that's coming up.
2: Man, you are a good dude. He is on Twitter, at Ray, capital G, capital Q-U-E, at Ray G-Q. Uh, what an absolute gentleman. Thank you. And and he is right. I have had my own Twitter issues lately, which I have put in my <laughs> rear view. But I, I tell you, if if you can go back and find it, I, I saw this uh, not – This has been a little while ago. But there was an interaction between Ray and a fellow friend of the show, Matt Waldman. And I tell you what, it was just, it was impressive the amount of knowledge these two gentlemen shared, but the way in which they treated each other, even though they didn't necessarily see eye to eye. They treated each other with great class and respect, and it was a great reminder for me personally, the business in which we conduct here on the Dynasty War Zone. We're going to get you back on, Ray. Uh, Hint, hint, we might have a little something coming up this summer called the Devi War Zone. A lot more to be coming on that in the, uh, the future. That's a few months away, but just remember where you heard it. This Devi thing is very important. It's very important to Jerry, and it's becoming very important to me. This is why I hang around with smart people, hang around with guys like Ray, like Jerry, like Nick, like Kane, and so many others. But thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the combine. A lot of good stuff coming up. Don't fall in love. Don't rank Alex Barnes in your top five next year because he had a great (laughs) combine. We don't do that here. We relax, we, we digest, we take the information in, and then we put it out. So, again, on behalf of Jerry, Ray, and myself, here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here next week to recap that combine. Thanks for tuning in.